This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. It's Voice of Change time with myself, Lauren Jacobs. Welcome to the show. And of course, it's Radio K Pulpit, your daily companion. I know that you love us and that you're excited about Voice of Change today. I'm excited about Voice of Change today. And we're going to be talking about some things that really, really are current, fresh and happening that concern you as well. First up on the show, I have Alana Bailey. Now, she is from AfriForum and we're going to be talking about the Bella Bill. And the Bella Bill is not something that is new. We have spoken about it before. But right now, the concern in the Afrikaans-speaking communities, many different kinds of communities, the concern is for their schools, for the Afrikaans language, what is implication does Bella have? And uh, we've seen this in the media as well. We've seen gatherings outside of parliament, concerns just from ordinary citizens everywhere, uh, concerns from the opposition parties from a political perspective, and also concerns from organizations like AfriForum. And Alana is going to be sharing with me about Bella, the bill, and uh, what the next steps are now. And uh, should we be concerned? How can we raise our voices? What can we do? And so we're going to inform you today and educate you on what is really happening so that you're not misinformed. Sometimes the media kind of hypes things up a bit and gets people worked up. So we want you to have shalom, but we also want you to know what you can do about the bill. How does it concern us? And of course, today on the show, I want to be touching on something else later on the show towards the second half, uh, something that is really impacting people around the world, and that is Matthew Perry's death, uh, affectionately known to so many of us, especially millennials, as Chandler Bing from Friends. He's a sudden and sad passing. Uh, we don't know the cause of death yet, but we know that his sudden and sad passing has impacted thousands of lives around the world. And former actress and model, uh, Amanda Cunningham, she's joining me on the show later to discuss her onset time that she had with uh, Matthew and also when she was uh, in a bit of a, a role with him on, on screen and what happened, what she came to learn and also how and why his death has affected so many, many Christians as well. And do we have the right to grieve over people that we don't even know? Maybe we've never met, you know, of course we do. And of course, it's not about the physical proximity, it's about the emotional connection. And so man is going to be chatting with me about that later on the show. So this is where you want to be for the next hour and just come settle down, settle in, grab that coffee, grab that tea, that water, whatever you need to stay hydrated for the next hour, because it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic show. Are you concerned about the Bella Bill? Are you concerned about the future of Afrikaans in your child's school or in your grandchild's school? Well, Alana, is going to be chatting with me about this very thing after this. As promised, Alana Bailey is with me and we are going to be chatting about the Bella Bill and what this is all about. I know that it has raised some concern among many South Africans and I want to say South Africans of different races, of different communities all over South Africa and of course underneath these basic education laws amendment bill, uh, there's, you know, we hear the word jail, we hear the word ban, we hear 
you know, there's been a big overhaul. So we need correct information before we get into that. Alana, thank you so much for being with me on the show today, uh, for sharing information with us that we really need to know and how we can feel about this as well. So thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. And thank you for talking about this bill because I think it's really something that can impact on a lot of people's lives and it's good for them to know where we are at this stage with this bill. Mm, absolutely. So I know that people are talking about it, but maybe for those who are listening to us today saying what exactly is this Basic Education Laws Amendment Bill and how will it affect us? What exactly is it? What has been proposed and done now and, and almost accepted uh, that we are now facing as South Africans? Um, there has to be a law that governs the way that schools are managed. And the previous education law is already more than 10 years old. It's normally good practice to review it every 10 years. And that will deal with a wide variety of subjects from school discipline to um, how to manage the property of the school and also what the functions of the school governing body should be. Mm-hmm. So the overall of, of the old um, schools bill or schools law isn't really something strange. It's a normal procedure. And um, the Bella Bill contains a lot of, of um, sections which we don't really have a problem with, like the ones dealing with um, discipline in schools. Mm-hmm. But then it also contains two articles that we are very concerned about as a a community-focused civil rights organization, Mm -hmm. and that's the two articles that deal with the the, um, school governing body's ability to decide on the access and on the language policy of the schools. And then also for organizations that deal with homeschooling, there are quite a few um, sections that they object to. So in total, we're not objecting to the whole of the bill, Mm -hmm. but there are sections that we feel that contravenes the rights of communities to be involved in their schools. Hmm. And many people feel that this is obviously going to impact Afrikaans communities. Uh, Regardless of race, many people speak Afrikaans in many different communities. So tell us a bit about that, why this is a huge issue, and a lot of people feel very strongly about this issue. Well, um, at the moment, a school's governing body can decide on the language policy of the school. So if they feel it needs to be a single medium Afrikaans school because there is a large enough number of children who apply each year for access um, who are Afrikaans speaking, then that school governing body has the right to decide that that's going to be the policy. If they discriminate against children, in other words, if the school isn't full and there are children who want English um, tuition and the department is willing to help with that, but the school governing body uses this language policy as a ruse to keep the children out, then there are, um, in the existing legislation, there are um, ways that um, this discrimination can be um stopped and and um, where parents of the children can then complain and say they feel this is a discriminatory um, language policy. Mm. So it's not as if at the moment school governing bodies just have a blank slate and they can do whatever they want. They can be checked. But um, 
Now, the state wants to centralize the power to decide on the language policy in the hands of the provincial head of the department, mm. which then is a political appointment. It's usually not somebody from the ranks of, of education, but somebody with a political background and a political agenda. And um, we feel that not only takes away the decision-making powers from the community and, and increases the state's power, but also um, what we've seen in the last few years is that the state is, is increasingly focused on um, English-only education. We've already seen that at the universities and now in the schools we fear that's what's going to happen too. Obviously, it impacts largely on the Afrikaans community. Mm. Um, we've seen that the, from the minister to uh, deputy to the chairperson of the portfolio committee in parliament all said that they find it unacceptable that they are still single medium Afrikaans schools. So um, we feel they are not really the friends of Afrikaans education. Yeah. And then obviously if you have Afrikaans education that disappears in favor of English only tuition, then the chance that any other South African language is also going to develop up to matric level is, is very slim. Yeah. So we feel in the end it impacts on more than 90% of South Africans whose home language isn't um, English. Hmm. Which is quite interesting because, I mean, the census that came out in 2022, we obviously know that uh, when we looked at the different languages that we know, obviously, Zulu is the most common language spoken in South Africa, but also Afrikaans is actually spoken more and it was at 13.5%, close actually to 14%, and English was only sitting at just over 9%. So here we have uh, the census of South Africa telling us that uh, there's not more English-speaking people than Afrikaans-speaking people, but yet we have this uh, reality happening here where, you know, there is a lot of politics involved. And, and we are seeing, of course, that there are many parties concerned in this. And obviously, from a political standpoint, obviously, the opposition party, like the DA, saying this is, is unacceptable, this bill being in its current form, and it has to be challenged. So what now happens? Uh, what are the next steps? Because obviously the, vo the bill was voted on, and uh, of course with the current political situation we have in South Africa, uh, it's, it, it went through there. But what are the next steps? Because this is not just like a bill gets voted and then it's suddenly accepted and now it's, it's law and no one can do anything about it. There are steps that need to be followed. What are the next steps now? Because people are concerned, individuals are concerned, and especially Afrikaans-speaking individuals and, and especially homeschooling communities. We have thousands of people homeschooling as well. And this bill is going to affect them and how they're deciding to educate their children as well. So what are the next steps that are moving forward with this bill? Um, actually, from the stage where a bill is conceptualized up to the stage where it is implemented is a long, long road. Mm. And we already started with Bella in 2017. So it's, it's mm. definitely a ancient history almost. Yeah. What now happens next is that the bill in its current format is going to go to the Council of Provinces and there they have to decide are they going to accept it or are they going to refer it back to um, the legal advisors of the state and the drawing board 
or are they going to reopen another round of public consultations, whether it's written or oral, they have the right to do that, or um, are they simply going to approve it? And let's say for argument's sake they are going to approve it, then it goes to the desk of the president, mm -hmm. and he's still got to decide does he want to sign it or is he concerned about aspects of it. So he can also um, refer it back to the legal advisors, um, he can also ask for inputs from um, anybody with with a, um, a strong opinion about it, or he can simply sign it into law. Mm. It then stops being a bill, it becomes a law. Mm. And then the next step is that it will be implemented and that regulations will have to be drafted um, simply to... to um, make sure that what is in in the law then um, can be implemented practically in, in schools. Mm. So technically it might still be a long road ahead or um, if people feel strongly about this, which probably also is the case before a national election like the one we'll have next year, it could also be steamrolled through. So um, we have to watch very closely what the Council of Provinces is going to do and then at the next stage, if they don't open up for a new round of consultations, we will have to appeal to the President not to sign it into law. Mm. Is there any hope that he could uh, go that way and not sign this into law? Do we have any hope that he himself would see this as being problematic? If he considers it to be um, in contravention of any of the articles of um, the Constitution, he can simply leave it be, and that has been the case with quite a few bills lately. Mm. So it's not improbable that that's going to happen. And um, I know in, in AfriForum's um, submissions, we have underlined the places where we have seen in the past that the Constitutional Court actually made rulings that clearly illustrate that what is proposed now is um, unconstitutional. So we will bring that to his attention again should it reach his table. And I'm sure other organisations are going to do the same and definitely the homeschooling organisations yeah. will do that about the articles that they're concerned about. So um, I think it would be a wise decision on his part because it would definitely save time and a lot of unnecessary expenses if we all have to litigate about the articles that we're concerned about. Hmm. So there is still a road ahead and 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 some hope for, for individuals who feel very concerned about this. And, uh, you know, the, it's not just, okay, we have to accept this now, like you're, you are reminding us as well. Uh, there is a road ahead, but there is work to be done as well. If, for argument's sake, the, the bill becomes law, uh, and is signed into law. Is there a way to challenge that, uh, you know, constitutional court, or is there a way to further, you know, even though it's now becomes law for argument's sake, is there a way to go to sort of stand against that and prove that it's unconstitutional, even though it's been accepted? The way to do it then would be to approach the courts and to ask for permission in the first place that we can approach the Constitutional Court directly. Otherwise, it has to go the long route from High Court to 
um, Supreme Court of Appeals and only then to the uh, Constitutional Court. And I think such a long road is not only expensive and also emotionally uh, draining, but it's also unwise because in the meantime, schools are in limbo and homeschoolers mm. are in limbo and they, they don't know what's going to be the end of this road. So um, I think should the president sign it, the next step would then be to approach the constitutional court, ask for permission and then to litigate and then about the specific articles that we're concerned about. Mm. Absolutely. So basically, almost each article will need its own set of, of um, arguments to to have a viable case in court. Mm. Sure. So still, still quite a lot happening. And so, Alana, how have you seen the public that you've engaged with through AfriForum as well um, how have you seen the public feeling just in general about this bill and about the reality of it impacting Afrikaans-speaking communities across the board? How have you found that people, because it's, you know, we are in a democracy, so uh, the people are what matters. We're the people, we're the ones that matter. And sometimes people can feel so powerless when they see things happening or hear about these things happening and they feel like, oh my goodness, what can I do? This is going to impact my life, how I want to raise my children, uh, my history, my narrative. How have you found people responding to this? Are people concerned and wanting there to be a different outcome? Right, people feel very overwhelmed and um, very concerned about this. Wherever we've gone, even in English communities, people are concerned about it because um, people fear the increasing power of the state and the diminishing yeah. power of individuals and of communities. And I see this as basically another step towards totalitarianism. Mm. And um, I think that's why people react so violently about Bella. Um, we've seen that there's been a huge response with all of the rounds of public consultation yeah. and Sometimes um, with every round where there's an approval from the portfolio committee now to, to the parliament itself, uh, people feel that they as individuals don't know how they can remain involved. And what we tell them is simply keep watch at what the next step entails. Let's say the Council of Provinces announced another round of, of uh, public consultation. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you take part, even if it's for the 10th time, that you are raising the same objections, don't stop. Make your position visible. And that's also why we had the demonstration in front of Parliament on Thursday, was to, to make our uh, objections visible and to say we as individuals and as communities in South Africa want to have uh, uh, our share of, of the power and want to, to feel empowered to say how our children should be raised. We don't want to centralize all of that decision-making power in political appointments hands. Hmm. Absolutely. And I know, like you said, you know, the Bella Bill, it's, it's not new. It's something that's been around for a while. And Christian communities as well, faith-based communities, have been quite concerned about this bill for a while with different things that they feel uncomfortable with. And so, like you're reminding us, you know, if there's more public consultation that's going to happen, raise your voices. You know, people have been saying, please, you know, 
you needed to raise your voice. You needed to write in those those letters. You needed to make your opinion and your feelings known. And so keep watch and keep watching what's happening. Don't get, you know, too flustered at this time. There's still a road to walk, but keep watching. And uh, if we need to raise our voice for, like you say, the 10th time, then do that. It's important. And Alana, I want to say thank you so much for you know, just educating us today and also helping us know that, you know, we can still raise our voices. There is still a road ahead and that there are incredible organizations, many organizations and like AfriForum as well, who are raising their voices and are not only raising their voices, but doing the active work as well. So we are so grateful for that. And thank you so much because we are South Africans. We need to know what is happening and we need to know how we can feel. So maybe we can just feel sure, like we can take a little bit of a breath in and out right now. We don't have to fear that our school is suddenly going to be changing or it's going to be in limbo right now. There's still work that's going to be done. So, Lana, I want to say thank you for being with me today. Thank you for the incredible work that you are doing and all the best as you continue the rest of that work uh, with the rest of 2023. Thank you so much, Lauren. And I have to thank you because if it was not for the media, we wouldn't have been able to raise our voices because nobody would have heard us. And I think the media plays an incredibly important role Mm. and especially Christian media. I think we as Christians have a lot that we need to do in South Africa and um, it it helps us greatly that there are radio stations like you who are willing to to give platforms to organizations who want to um, assist with places where we see that um, there is really a fight for the future of our children. Mm, absolutely and thank you so much for that Alana it's such a pleasure to be you know doing the right thing as God calls us to do it and especially in our nation that we care so much about so thank you so much Alana and take care and God bless thank you God bless Laura as promised at the beginning of the show we are actually going to be talking about something that I guess we don't really talk much about sometimes as as Christians, as believers, we don't really talk a lot about, you know, celebrities and their lives or their impacts. We kind of go, okay, they're just celebrities. We don't want to make any kind of idol out of them or we don't want to talk too much about them. But over the past couple of days since the passing of Matthew Perry and, of course, we affectionately know him as Chandler from Friends, there has been such an outpouring of grief and I know people listening and some people listening in going, wow, you know, uh, my children who are in their 20s and 30s are actually devastated by Chandler's passing because friends being such a part of the millennial generation, us growing up and, you know, just us watching friends and learning so much and feeling connected to so many of the experiences that they went through. And um, I even had someone say to me this week that they feel like they've lost a friend. And uh, joining me, former actress and model Amanda Cunningham. And Amanda's been on the show before chatting about her life in modeling. And she's just an incredible sold-out Christian. And um, having actually been uh, on set with Matthew and uh, being his girlfriend on set, don't worry, on set, Amanda's got someone to share with us. So Amanda, it's so good to have you with me today. Welcome to the show. Before we get into anything else, I hope that you've been doing well. Oh, I'm so great, Lauren. Thank you for inviting me on to talk about 
Matthew and just his career and his legacy and just the impact he made on our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he's not a pastor or, you know, someone in our church speaking uh, Christ into our lives, he really did make an impact. Mm, exactly. And, and the impact as well, I saw on social media, some people saying that, you know, his life and his story, obviously his book that he released uh, just recently last year, you know, helped them on their journey to sobriety, uh, you know, overcoming addiction. So he was an instrument in some way in many people's lives. And uh, tell us a bit about how, how you came to know him and how you found him as an individual, just, just (laughs) uh, from a personal level, not just through the TV as Chandler. Yeah. So I, acted a little bit early in my career. Um, I say a little bit because you're not going to look my name up and find me in anything important. <laughs> but uh, starting out in modeling, it, it's an easy crossover because you're around the same people in the same business to say, hey, why don't you go to these acting auditions and castings as well? And so Matthew Perry uh, and the set of this movie called Serving Sarah, they were going to film in Dallas because some things about Dallas are more expensive for movie sets. So that was a huge opportunity for anyone in Dallas just to work around these professional people, you know, directors, director of photography, the whole production. Um, It's a great opportunity. And at the time I had hair kind of like Elizabeth Hurley and similar coloring. So I asked, you know, my agent, submitted me and I got the part to do it's called a Mm -hmm. stand-in it's not a speaking part I actually got an extra part of the film later on Um, but I showed up on set just as a stand-in so my job is to show up each day and as they're setting up the camera and the lighting and the extras and all things you know these actors need to be rehearsing their lines and resting because these shoots uh, are very long 14 hour days And so what they have is a stand in to stand in their spot that they're going to film in just to set up the lighting Hmm. and the camera shot and all those things. And so that was my job was just to show up and stand there till they were ready to film. And then when they would film, they'd bring in the professional actors and they were ready to go. So I was just like a time saver, but I got to be around all these very talented people on a big movie, a big budget movie set. And it was very exciting So as the months kind of rolled, or I guess weeks, um, they offered me a part. They kind of wrote this part in. They needed a little character development for Matthew Perry's character Mm -hmm. in the movie. And so they wrote in this part where I was going to be his ex-girlfriend and he was going to run into me um, in this movie. So we had a little photo shoot where um, it was supposed to be when he and I were dating and he was going to hold on to this photograph, like kind of grab it after he runs (laughs) into me later. Just to reflect on the relationship. And so as I'm on the set and these days are clicking by, you know, there were some times where he wouldn't show up when it was time to film. Mm -hmm. And um, so the whole set's waiting around and waiting around. And it is a lot of hurry up and wait, but this was, it was a large amount of time. And so there were, you know, kind of rumors like, oh, he's playing his PlayStation or whatever. And we all kind of look at each other like, I don't think a professional actor would do that. So that was just, you know, the crew trying to be, compassionate and Mm -hmm. and maintain his privacy as he struggled of course none of us knew what he was going through how bad it was Mm -hmm. so all I had been told was you know you're going to fly to New York you're going to shoot the scene with strangely enough I was going to shoot a scene with Donald Trump as my current boyfriend (laughs) I mean Uh so bizarre on so many levels at this point but we're going to fly to New York I'm going to shoot this scene where I'm you know Donald Trump's 
new girlfriend and Matthew Perry runs into me and kind of reflects on this whole relationship. And I think we were supposed to fly out that weekend. And it was, I forget what day of the week it was. It was middle of the week. We show up to film that day and the whole production is shut down. I mean, I think we all got ready for the day. You know, we started to wait um, to see where the next set was going to, or the next shot was going to be filmed and production just shut down. And they eventually told us about an hour later that Matthew had checked himself into rehab and it all just kind of started clicking like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like this is what, this is what had been going on. And it's, it's been so bad and so severe that he's going to shut down the film. Like we can't continue. He can't continue. Now, for me personally, as a young person who was just trying to possibly use this opportunity to break into acting, I was so devastated. I'm like, yeah. I'm supposed to be flying out to New York and, you know, filming this scene. And, and it was going to give me a speaking part, my first speaking part in a major film. So I can totally use that on my resume. I was just devastated. Hmm. Um, but, you know, you have to take a, a, a step back. Obviously, I'm not... <laughs> on the cast of friends and I am not, this movie is not about me. So immediately I was like, well, that's ridiculous. You know, he's going through all this and hmm. whatever is supposed to happen. I wasn't a Christian then, but I, I was like, well, whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. There's nothing I can do. And then um, it just became this national news story. Of, wow. Hmm. Our favorite character, you know, can you believe what he's going through? And it's just, as I look back now and, and I see everyone responding to his death is, it's like, man, there's so many hidden battles that we go through to have these great big moments, right? Where he's making this huge impact on our lives as Chandler Bing. He's making us laugh in ways we never would have been able to laugh without him. And he's teaching us, you know, the whole cast. For me, I was younger. And so I'm watching them like, well, what's it like to be a, an adult trying to find their way in New York and build a life and get married? And, you know, they're just... Mm-hmm those characters were there for us in ways that our real people couldn't be, you know, couldn't be that honest or couldn't be that close. And so it just makes me think of like Matthew Perry's healing and how healing is such a necessary part of everyone's story, but the the dark parts and the hard things aren't the things that we often are grateful for or able Mm. to even to share. Mm. Well, you know, Amanda, what you just said there is so important because I think in the world that we live in today, we talk about, you know, mental health, for example, mental health issues that so many people have and uh, Christians have that as well. And, you know, it's in the past, we think about things that weren't spoken about. And as a celebrity, unfortunately, you know, when you check yourself into rehab or a clinic for depression, anxiety, or, you know, for alcoholism or for addiction to even over-the-counter drugs, you know, because you just don't cope in life or whatever it may be, as a celebrity, it's all over the show. It's all over the news. It's media just jumps on it, which is horrific because yeah. you're going through something so dark and you're trying to come to a place of healing. But as as people who aren't celebrities, often you can deal with those things kind of away from public space, but there's still shame attached to it. There's still a sense of not being able to share your story or speak about it or people, when they do find out, they just uh, say to you, oh, wow, I'm so sorry. 
And mm-hmm. saying that to somebody who is dealing with a lot of things is actually very harmful when we go, oh, wow, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. You know, oh, I'm so sorry you have to check into rehab. That is not helpful at all. Uh, it's it's actually, it really actually makes it worse. And so being in the public eye as well is such a, such something that is comes, we will often talk about it coming with responsibility, but coming at a price as well. And yeah. uh, it's, it's like you said as well, though, to reflect further on his life, uh, you know, the, the cast of friends, but just the, just the whole sitcom itself. And, and we're not saying we're endorsing it and not go and watch it if you haven't seen it, but we are <laughs> saying that for many of us, Growing up for thousands of people around the world, uh, the pain is quite immense right now uh, mm-hmm. at his passing. And uh, a lot of people saying what the other characters or friends haven't said much, but uh, mm-hmm. th- I think that's that's purposeful. Uh, you know, the pain that they must be feeling is really intense. And uh, how, you know, from your side as well, have you seen people express all these emotions and saying they felt a closeness you know grief is not about or mourning is not that you maybe knew someone physically but it was the emotional connection you felt maybe with their character or the -hmm. person that they were and uh, that lasts for a very long time yeah I mean the name of the show is friends and it was so wildly successful and so we had these close relationships with these characters like Mm -hmm. I will never forget Chandler trying to break up with Janice and then saying, I have to move to Yemen. Like every time Mm. I hear about the country Yemen, I think of Chandler and Janice. Like it's, it's just, they become a part of who we are. And I think it's like when we lose a big figure like that in our lives, there's, there's going to be all kinds of feelings. Even if, you know, we don't know Matthew Perry or Mm. Maddie as his friends call him, like, everything that went into this character and these thoughts and feelings we connected with then. And so we're going to just go through this grief together. And I think to him being young and one year ago was when he was releasing his memoir. We're all like championing him. This is so amazing that you've overcome this. And of course we don't know what the cause of death is. I'm not saying it's related. It's just, Hmm. man, you just wanted to like bask in that victory with him a lot longer like he's, you know, he's healed and he's in this great place. And it just, it, the pain of death and being cut short and that joy being cut short is, it'll just always hurt, always. Hmm. Absolutely. And of course, uh, you know, details released saying that he was in the middle of starting the foundation to help so many more people who have had to walk that journey of battling addiction whether it be you know alcoholism whether it be drugs you know and him in the middle of starting a foundation we know that he used his home to yeah. help people uh overcome and he was wanting to really just really take that forward i fully believe though that his friends will do that and i believe that they will fulfill his vision that he had to help so much more people do you think that that you know his life obviously his memoir but now also his death and as you said he, i mean he was just 54 that's that's young uh you know in our day and age it's young you know and uh it's it's it feels so like sudden because it is sudden yeah. uh do you kind of feel there's a lot of life lessons that we could learn right now what would be two things that even us as Christians could learn 
from his life, the things that he did, and actually who he was as an individual? Man, I mean, I think for me working on the set with him for the short time I did, it was it was really eye-opening to this celebrity culture. I mean, this was a while ago. <laughs> so things have yeah. definitely changed with social media. But because I was a stand-in, and obviously Matthew Perry had a, a stand-in, uh, there's an actor who was his stand-in, we had to dress exactly in their clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything Elizabeth Hurley wore, I wore for each setup, each scene setup, um, down to the hair color. You know, mm-hmm. I had a job where I had to dye my hair a different color, and so I had to wear a wig on set to perfectly match her for the color and the lighting. So there was one scene where uh, in, in the movie, you're set up in a monster truck rally. I don't know if they have those. In- <laughs> yeah, 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 you would do. <laughs> okay. But, you know, the whole stadium is filled. And so they have all these extras on set. They fill the stadium. And I, the actor who's Matthew Stannon and I don't think much of it. We're just reporting for work. And we walk out of the stadium and they think we are them. <laughs> and well, yeah. I mean, the roar and the cheering, wow. and the whistling. Everyone's so happy to see us. And you know, the actor and I looked at each other like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> like we're nobody, yeah. but he, he was a true actor. And so he's playing it up and he's dancing me around and he like dipped me and then pretended to kiss me by putting his cowboy hat over our faces. And I mean, the crowd just went crazy. And to feel that for a moment, it made me very interested. Like what goes on? Because this is how they react when you show up all gussied up, you know, all dressed up for a movie set. But like Matthew had really, really hard, dark moments and we can't be there for him then. But man, if we could, you know, if Mm. we could be there for each other, celebrity or not in these dark moments, just say, hey, it's okay to be who you are, you know, and not rip people apart when they're going through these these really tough battles. I mean, addiction is a monster. And so it really just taught me that I mean, we're all human. Yeah. (laughs) Even though y'all are thinking we're, we're these massive celebrities. We're just regular people. And really they're just regular people. I heard conversations and saw things and I'm like, yeah, they're, they're just regular people who have this amount of this crazy amount of talent and success. But if we could just see people as image bearers of God and treat yeah. each other accordingly, it, it would just change so much. I mean, for, for him to be, to have shame and um, feel broken for having this addiction is just heartbreaking. Of course, we weren't caring for him as an actor as maybe we would for someone in the church, but Hmm. there was this article I read, you know, I'm I'm reading all these articles about people reacting to his death. And there was this old article I found that he was, he dated Julia Roberts for a little while, which I didn't remember. Yeah. But he wrote about that saying, Mr. Uh, Matthew Perry wrote that he felt Mrs. Julia Roberts was slumming it quote, slumming it by dating him. And he said, why would she not? I was not enough. I could never be enough. I was broken, bent and unlovable. Can you imagine Mm. being someone with that amount of talent and success and notoriety in the world? You're known in the world and ever feeling that way inside. Mm. So the biggest lesson for me is just to try and see everybody and, you know, appreciate where they are. Like, I don't think on the set of friends, I don't know if they ever quoted scripture <laughs> taught yeah. about the Bible, but because of his position and the attention he got, he was able to point later and to say, Hey, in my healing, I mean, I, I got down on my knees and prayed to God mm. and I started to grow my faith. And now I want to serve other people. 
like let that be the legacy we remember is that he never gave up healing you know it's a journey Mm. I love that and I know that he had said that he wanted to be known for more than just Mm. Chandler Bing you know for more than just that one role even though it was so meaningful to so many people and of course his life does carry so much meaning and and uh, it's so incredible and I have a message here from Glenda and she said that her daughters just started watching the series for the 16th time uh, and uh, <laughs> but she has said that she she can't watch anymore she's not going to watch anymore but when we went to the USA in December last year we spent a fortune so she could go to the Friends Experience in New York the actual studio where the series was made and at least she has that and she has that with her now and uh, wow so incredible Glenda, thank you for the message, for sharing with us. Um, And we pray that, you know, the memories and the great feelings that your daughter experienced all those 16 times when she was watching Friends. I know people that have watched it for the same amount of time, so don't worry. All the people (laughs) as well. And uh, I'm sure a lot more people, um, you know, just going to watch it. But thank you so much for that. And, yes, uh, we reflect. uh, We have to reflect, don't we, Amanda, on, on life and it's not often as uh, as long as we think it's going to be. And uh, sometimes I think that's scary for some people. You know, it's yeah. like we, we're just n- not sure. We know as Christians that we have that hope uh, that we're going to be with Jesus. We know where we're going, so we don't fear death. But we need to make each day and moment matter. And like you said as well, we need to be there for each other, and especially in our dark moments and in other people's dark moments. I think we can need to just sit with people not want yeah. to give advice or, you know, tell them what to do or, or apologize for their experience, but be with them in that. And uh, Amanda, I want to say thank you so much to you. I know that you're in the middle of writing your book. You, as a, as having been a model, having been through many, many things in your journey and in the work that you were doing uh, has so much to teach us as well. And I look forward to when it's finally going to come out. So we're going to oh. keep you in prayer for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I look forward to that day too. <laughs> Yeah, totally. But <laughs> it's a long time coming. I'm sure it will happen at the exact right time. But Amanda, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today, for sharing this moment with us. And uh, it's a moment that's impactful to so many people who are feeling grief. And sometimes people feel guilty because they go, wow, this is an actor. Should I be feeling like this? Is it okay that I'm crying or grieving? And it's totally okay. It's totally fine. Yeah. It's Thank so you deep. so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'll be praying for everyone who's grieving along with us. Mm, absolutely. Amanda, take care. God bless. And Thank I'm you. sure we will see you on this show very, very soon again. Take care. That. Thanks. Today on the show, as we wrap up, I want us to take a moment. You know, I know that maybe some of you have not watched Friends or, you know, we've just been reflecting on and what it means to struggle, though, with addiction, to struggle in the darkness, to struggle with dark things, to struggle through shame as well, and to not knowing how to maybe share with others what you're going through or moments like that or times like that. And I, I really just want us to take some time right now and to just uh, say a prayer together because 
I know that many people are going through many different things and you know it's not just about addiction it's about what we go through in our own mental space and our mental health sometimes people have been saying recently I've heard people say you know my soul is just tired I'm just tired this has been a hard year a hard two years a hard three years lots of ups lots of downs and I just want us to take some time so that we can pray together today and I just want to be able to pray for all of us and especially the things that maybe we can't tell others about that we are struggling with and specifically on my heart today is struggles with mental health struggles with burnout depression anxiety fear pain trauma loss grief death all of these sort of things that we are struggling with within ourselves, don't know how to grieve, don't know how to mourn, don't know who's there for us, don't know who to speak to. And I want to pray for you today. And uh, if you have somebody on your heart that maybe that's not you, but there's someone that you know in your family that's going through that, then just say their name out loud to God right now as we pray together. And we're going to trust that God's going to touch him right where they are today. Uh, Because we see that to struggle alone is not what God has for us and sometimes we just we just need to say a prayer because God can do the impossible so Abba Father we just want to bring ourselves to you today we know that your children are not immune from the things of this world Father and we struggle and we pray pain Father and we have people that we love that we care about that are struggling and that are paining right now and that are, are grieving or struggling with their mental health struggling to overcome and Father we just pray for the comfort of your Holy Spirit just to be with them in the mighty name of our Messiah and our Savior we also pray today that you will be with them in might and power if someone is listening today who is struggling with their mental health struggling even with suicidal thoughts and doesn't know who to speak to doesn't hasn't said anything to their family their spouse their loved ones because they just don't know then father I pray that you will touch that person right now that you will bring someone into their life that they can speak to father that they don't have to struggle and pain alone and father help them know that they are not alone and that there are people that love and care about them and father that want to walk this journey with them and father as as they just said i pray that your presence and the feeding of your spirit will just be with them in the mighty name of jesus we thank you we just commit our hearts our lives to you and we pray that with the things that father we pain in and struggle with that you will be close to us that you will be the blessed comforter that you will be the king who surrounds us and the friend that is close to our soul thank you that you give rest to the weary thank you father that even young people grow weary and faint but those who wait on you will rise up on wings like eagles and you will renew our strength and we pray for that we thank you that we can come to you because you are the great i am the one who was who is and who is to come and we pray this all in the name of our king and our savior jesus christ amen and amen I just want to say thank you for being with me on Voice of Change. I want to say that, you know, may God just richly bless you and be with you in every single thing that you are doing. Next week on the show, I have the family sharing with me uh, about this terrible massacre that happened in Israel on the 7th of October who has a sister who is a survivor of that massacre. She was at that party. She hid for nine hours. uh, And, you know, the family are coming in to share their story with me. And it's such a great privilege that we get to hear this and we get to to show love and, and care for someone who has experienced this through hearing their story. And so join me next week on Voice of Change. Thursday at 5 p.m. Be here. And I look forward to spending that time with you next week. So until then, take care and God bless.
This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.